Yo, gaffe. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. And returning as my guest co-host, it's DJ Kicks in Melbourne, Australia. Hey, DJ Kicks. Hi, Georges. And hello, listeners. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. We're happy to have you again. So, Kicks, what's in store for us today? Well, have you heard of Zim Donsol? Hmm. Zim Dancehall? You mean dancehall music from Zimbabwe? Exactly right. We're currently hearing a Zim Dancehall song by Winky D called Mwendamberi. He's one of the most famous artists in Zimbabwe today. And Zim Dancehall itself is said to be the most popular locally made genre, inspired by Jamaica's dancehall music and culture. That's what we're exploring in today's edition, the Zim Dancehall Story. We've dedicated most of our time and most of our lives on this genre from the start. And we've made a lot of sacrifices along the way. That's radio presenter and DJ Simbarashe Maposa, also known as Godfather Templeman. We'll hear more from him and other pioneers of the genre and take a look at its rocky journey from underground subculture to Zimbabwe's mainstream. Sounds fascinating. I'm Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide. Today, another edition of GC's DJ Road Show, starring my co-host DJ Kicks in Melbourne, Australia. Now, to tell the story of Zim Dance Hall, we take you back to the 90s with this timeless hit, Tingling by Shabaranks. Yes, our story begins in the era of scrunchies and fanny packs. During this time in Zimbabwe, dancehall music was getting around. And known in the musical circles as Godfather Templeman, the ghetto president. Templeman is because I believe my body is the temple of God. I shall not abuse it. Godfather is because I made a promise to the youth over 25 years ago that we will be there and we will support them throughout their music and we will stand with them. And Ghetto President was an endorsement from the youth because we stood by our word on what we said. I started my journey around 1994 as a DJ. 
I was playing reggae and dancehall because I was very much inspired by my father and my, my elder brother. And I used to listen to a lot of reggae DJs, Munya Brown, Dennis Wilson from Power FM, and internationally Stone Love, Fidel Sound, Best Odyssey, and they inspired me a lot. In the late 90s, Templeman became part of a budding sound system culture in Harare, the capital city, performing with a sound called Rough Mix. And we are now using the name Rough Mix. We now started promoting events. Water World were doing the Summer Slam, the beach party. At Rainbow Towers, we were doing the Summer Bride party. At Lisbon Pool, we were doing the, the pool party. That was 2000, 2001. Then end of 2001, we now more demand with the people who wanted us to host shows. So they eventually based themselves at a spot called Club Tropicana. Tropicana was so popular with youths. That is where we met King Labash, Batman, Winky D, Daddy Dispress. That is where I met Major Ephraim. That is where I met all the foundation artists. Why? Because it was the hub for the ghetto youths. Now, at this stage, they are DJing as artists, but their music is not playing anywhere on Zimbabwe's markets. What's playing on radio and the nightclubs and everywhere else is the Jamaican reggae and the Jamaican dancer. But most of these DJs, of these artists, they're coming through as MCs. You know, as MC for a particular sound. You've got your selector and the MC is on the mic. But when the selector drops a, an instrumental, the MC sings on the instrumental. So in around 2003, through the shows that we're hosting in Waterworld, we then started to host our own artists. I remember we started to host King Labash, Major E, and Batman with Winky D to give them a spot to perform live on stage. And here's a taste of an early Winky D raising awareness about HIV AIDS on a track called Say No from 2006. And uh, these events would attract an average of about 5,000 people. If it's outdoor, if it's in the clubs, they would attract an average of about maybe, you know, 400 people on Friday, 400 people on Saturday. And at the other side of town, Tube Night Spot, where Stereo One was best with Jabi. That was the hunting grounds for Major Ephraim and Daddy Distress. So what Stereo One used to do now, they used to host City Sports Center with Sound Clash and MC Contest. And what we did is we believed in it and we invested a lot of money into events now, into trying to push our own artists. I remember at one given time, I had to buy about 20,000 CDs to record Wikipedia's and mixtapes. And we took our Zimbabwean map and we said, we've got 10 provinces. Let's go and distribute this music for free. We did about three to four months driving around Zimbabwe, distributing for free. And what we're doing, we are not the only ones doing that. It was now being done by so many artists, so many promoters, so many managers trying to push the music underground. And the good thing is the people accepted it. So it was around 2006 now when 
still at the youth. He had really recorded to UK, I think, in the early 2000s. And he was now distributing our music in the UK, trying to get other DJs in the UK, other promoters to listen to the vibe that was coming through from Zimbabwe. But it was difficult for him because almost everyone who used to listen to the vibe would say, no, if he said this dancer, how come I don't know this artist? I only know of Biniman. I know of Capitone. I know of Shabarangs. Then he said, okay, maybe what I can do is I can give it the time, Zim Danso, so that the people can be able to identify with this vibe. Then he opened a website online that was entitled Zim Danso. My name is Tawanda Sibuchira, better known as Juicer Dementa. I am a producer, retired artist, as well as a general pioneer and advocate for Zim Danso. When I joined the race, there was a massive amount of people who were there before me who were strongly in the sound system culture. I grew up listening to a DJ outfit called Stereo One and Silverstone in particular. Those were the big sounds. I went to boarding school at a school called Kutama College and their dancehall was the bread and butter. So we used to listen to dancehall at school functions. And on weekends, because we weren't allowed any electronic devices, and this is an era where we didn't have cell phones or anything like this, and it was a boys' boarding school, so quite a strict environment. So we used to go and sort of hit lockers and trunks and use them as musical instruments as a way to facilitate an instrumental piece. And then the students who were pertaining to be artists would then recite lyrics of existing songs and then other artists would create their own versions and we used to have clashes, so like battles. And all of this began to influence and mold my approach in understanding the creation of music in particular dancehall. When I started, all that was happening from the producers and the artists that like that were there was they were mimicking Jamaican dancehall. It was just now people exercising their local tongue in terms of lyrics on Jamaican beats. But then it got to a point where we started having our producers creating the sound and it slowly then started becoming what I would like to then call some dancehall at that point where the beats started sort of changing to a sound that was now definitively more Zimbabwean. Oh, no! There are certain terminologies you'll hear within Zim Dancer where people say it's a certain type of sound which was now coming out from Zim Dancer producers. That then started defining a certain way where people were now resonating to it. So I'll give an example for myself. There's a track I did called Rise Up Zimbabwe featuring Red Rat, which also had remix with Winky D. Now, if you listen to that track, you'll hear that there's some um, mbira that are infused in that rhythm. There's also another rhythm called Luveve rhythm, where we've got a song by Winky D called One One. That rhythm, also I infused Mbira in there as well. So there's been a lot of that where artists were now infusing these traditional elements, Mbira sounds, even the marimba sort of bands, Stungura Mseve and so forth. Rise 
like the fusion with the Mbira in that one. Rise Up Zimbabwe by Red Rat. And it was produced by Jusa Demantor. Me too, George. And you know what else? It wasn't just the producers who changed their approach to the music. I spoke to Donald Chirisa, or Sniper Storm, an artist who came into the industry by a different route. He wasn't part of a sound system, but he had early success at an MC contest which set him on a path to become a popular recording artist. I started listening to a lot of dancehall readings and dancehall artists. The General Degrees, the Shabas, the Bujus, Biniman, Bounty. And I realized I could mimic them. I could copy how they sing. I learned to understand the words and the dialect patois, which is English, just twisted. So from then, I then said, oh, wow, let me try writing my own, which were in part as well. At the time, like around the late 90s and early 2000s, getting studio time was really, really, really hard. So then you had to have a song that really makes sense to record. We want to sell records and we're selling to Zimbabweans who speak Shona or, you know, understand Shona and Devele maybe. So you can't be singing patwa. So I shoved my patwa. Okay, the beats are going to be dancehall, but the vocals are going to be in Shona. I cannot really 100% 
go back to Zimbabweans or traditional whatever. Why? Because we already have an urban market that is celebrating Jamaican sounds, South African sounds, Kwaito, Rumba, all these things, R&B, pop. So we sort of like found a way of just making a cocktail that a Zimbabwean can drink, you know. So Gede, the first hit in 2002 was a dance song. And then Ubinya was a song against girl child abuse and rape. Ubinya, Uginya Vura. And that song became very, very huge for me. That's how I started getting shows and everything. Then from there, started working on an album, released that in 2005. My album, Dakabata Mike, was the first dancehall album in Shona, in Zimbabwe. The music connected with fans, more artists followed suit, and vernacular lyrics became the staple. But there was still a problem. Here's Templeman from earlier on. Dancehall in Zimbabwe was now huge. Our artists were now playing in the clubs, in car radios, through cassettes, through CDs. But now it was very difficult because they would not play it on radio for reasons that we don't know till today. We took the music to Power FM, we took it to Radio Zimbabwe, we took it to National FM, we took it to all the radio stations, but the music was not playing. You have a few artists who were playing on radio, downtown artists like Major Ephraim, he was playing on radio. You had Sniper Storm with a song, One Room, but for all other artists, they were not playing on radio. Which is quite surprising because there was a law which required radio stations to broadcast at least 75% local content. The mandate did help another competing local genre at the time called Urban Grooves, but that's a whole other story. Fast forward, in 2012, a new radio station was born, FM. I approached the bosses and said, guys, there is this genre which is called Zim Dancer. Can you afford us a time or a, a slot on your radio station? And they said, what? Zim Dancer? We don't know about it. It was not yet there on the mainstream media. Because remember, the big guys, they wake up in the morning, they drive to work. When they knock off, they drive back home. So they have no time to get into the streets to see what's happening. They have no time to board taxis. And in the clubs, these are not the type of clubs that they go because they go to the upmarket clubs. You understand? (laughs) (laughs) A cheeky laugh there. But in all seriousness, what he's alluding to is the class divide. And it was apparent, the class divide. That's Mukudzema Joni Kandoro, a Zimbabwean comedian and Zim Dancehall fan. The main thing that I do is comedy. 
I grew up in Zimbabwe, all over the place, but I think despite the different cities, I grew up in what most people would call the ghetto, wherever we moved to, in terms of like the social makeup of people and the attitudes, the music. So I think that forms a lot of who I am today, how I speak, how I relate to music, how I see the world, how I see Zimbabwe. In many Zim Dancil songs, you can hear the artists mention the ghetto or location. Like in this song, Takangodaro by Kilati. These are high density residential areas in cities. When we grew up, the word ghetto was almost meant as a degrading word. When we say it now, it's with a sense of pride because we've seen what has come from it. Zim Dancil is something that was born and bred and raised and nurtured in the ghetto. Because you all grew up around the same circumstances. You relate to the music and you can hear your life stories being sang in the music. Like nobody thinks about their struggles in English, if you're Zimbabwe. For the greater part, Zim Danso as we know it has been largely, now you hear in Debele and other languages, but it's been predominantly Shona. So, there's more people that relate to that because there's no need to translate. There's no way you're missing Winky D seeing rotation. And when you hear your rotation being called out, you stand up because you can hear that. In Zim Danso, there has been a class divide, especially in the formulative years. This is producer Juicer Dementa from earlier on. I had a lot of friends who were from very well-off families. And anytime we wanted to step out or go anywhere, because of my love and passion for dance music, I would always want to frequent the dance places. But for them being people from well-off backgrounds, they didn't want to go to these places. They wanted to go to the places where you would have more hip-hop and R&B and more Western music being played. And that's because I think they associated the places where dance was being consumed with a status that they didn't want to be accustomed with. And that was also seen within the corporate world. The whole bastardization of dreadlocks, even in Zimbabwe, which I find is absolutely crazy. People with dreadlocks used to be advised that if they got a certain job, that they needed to get rid of them because it was an unprofessional hairstyle. If anything, within Africa, we should be accommodating that the most because that is the natural state of our hair. Locking your hair is something that has been part of us, part of our history. So all these confusions in society played a big part in Zim Dancehall being cast away and being this undesirable type of music. Mm. 
That was Enzo Aishal with Urukuchireko. Now back to Templeman. He managed to persuade the radio station managers to give him a 30-minute slot for a Zimdansel show. Then he said, okay, thank you. It's a blessing. Because our fight now is we wanted to give Azim Danso that commercial value, to put it on the mainstream media, and we believed the only way we could do that was through radio. So as it grew to a three-hour shift within six months, that's when even the radio station said, wow, this is huge, because we have a WhatsApp platform in the studio. So we would have sometimes messages coming through to an extent that we'd have three to 400 messages within 60 seconds. What was now happening is every time we would be in the studio, then the WhatsApp would crash. We now had different artists coming through from different provinces, bringing their music to be played on radio. Other artists that were now based in the diaspora, who were now sending their music back home for it to be played on Star FM. We noticed a lot of producers who were now coming through. We took note of the rise of Chippers, Mokari, Chew Spot Records, PTK Records, a lot of studios now, record labels. We're now coming through and supporting this genre. This now prompted promoters investing in Zim Danzo, promoting shows. And Zim Danzo was on its way to establish its dominance. Coming up, we'll hear some of those hits and find out what other challenges Zim Dancehall faces both domestically and internationally. All that on today's program, the Zim Dancehall Story. Visit afropop.org for a music video playlist of artists featured on today's show. I'm Georges Collinet. I'm DJ Kicks. And you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Zim Donsol quickly rose in popularity by consistently churning out party tunes like Pamamonya Papo by the late Soldier Love. Fungi 
Pull long distance in Musu Wechina. No napatan in the Chivabina. Funza Yekina. Atina, go ayek to Rama Femo. Go mango matino to Batamatemo. Eh, eh, to Rabao Motemo. Sakati in Batish Chalza to Mira Bonzo Neguna. No Mira Bamba Moya Ipapo. Sama Futa Jesu Singapore. Sakano Mira Bamba Moya Ipapo. Mahos, Sima Bos. No mira bamba moya y papo, si va papa, si gonduro, manos de ven, bamba moya y papo, si de oreo, ya no moreo, ismail, bamba maria, wawa, yo paudo, la viva, lo boa, cosquera, papa, va futi, every hour, anti chiva, bamba, never look to maduma, ay va, si pico, vano, yo maduma, mucha yara, patino, fuma, fuma, fungue, mombe, zingo, fuma, 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 Sakadaro ni chingorema Motinda fapa ni chifema Jipe yangu marie chema Kira bonzo ne kuonda kulai No mo mira bamba monya ipapo Shama futa jesu singakore Taka no mira bamba monya ipapo Mahos, shima bos Tino no mira bamba monya ipapo Sheba papa, shikunduro Here's hip-hop artist Natasha Moose jumping onto a Nash TV rhythm with Fake Friend. Nash TV. Jamal. No limits. Can I own my friends all over? Be careful with them. This type of friends, they'll tear and watch you burn. Cause they will see you cry and just pretend. Them attack, them attack, them leave you cry. Them watch you burn. coming through with Hello Mwari. Hello. 
went mainstream what did that mean for the class divide that you mentioned earlier that's a good question josh i'll let kaloro explain yes the attitudes have changed but like the artists that are there are only cool to a certain point i think the best way to to explain this was sometime in 2018 2017 there was a big issue in zim with regards to there's a festival called unplugged When Unplugged started initially it was an uptown festival wine and blankets thing and as the festival grew bigger it started attracting audiences from all over by all over I'm saying people that most probably went to the liking of the original audiences so we started hearing complaints people saying you know oh my god we're losing phones we're losing our things the parking is bad people are fighting and before we knew it, it blew into this whole thing where a certain group of individuals were being labeled as undesirable it's like they're ruining the spirit of unplugged i can't bring my children anymore because these people which is nonsense So now it's speaking to that connotation of oh we only want this artist just as long as he's not bringing his kin and kids with him. Do you see where the problem is now? So there is a group that wants to benefit from the entertainment that is being created but they don't want everything that comes with it. They don't want everything that comes with that culture because if you've been to a Zim dancer show, you know that at any given point, there is no less than 20 people on stage. They don't do anything. They don't sing. They are not part of the band. But that's the culture. Those are the things that come with enjoying. But it is changing because people realize that this is a thing that is not going anywhere. Oh, but my partner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull 
Artists from different backgrounds also partaking in the genre, like in the track that we just heard, Unwanzani, which features Anita Jackson on a collaboration with Ja Master, and on this next duet called Mugaden by Winky D and Gemma Griffiths.
Mugaden by Winky D and Gemma Griffith. Man, kicks, it sounds like Zim Dance Hall has come a long way. It certainly has, but though loved by many, the genre is still not fully embraced by some Zimbabweans. Back in 2018, Afropop Worldwide's Banning Air spoke with music writer Fred Zindi shortly after Zim's living legend Thomas Mapfumo gave his historic homecoming performance. Thomas had been living in exile for several years. Here's Fred Zindi. I think that will definitely inspire a lot of young people. They'll have to think again because this Zim dance whole thing is Jamaican. It's a genre which has been borrowed from elsewhere. It's not Zimbabwean. Fred is not the only one who holds this opinion. And it's not just a generational thing. I found that one of the most common criticisms of Zim Donsol by Zimbabweans comes down to this question of originality and cultural authenticity. I think I've got a 50-page letter response to that. <laughs> Templeman. Zimbabwe got its independence in 1980. On our Independence Day, we celebrated with Robert Nesta Mali, the greatest reggae artist, the icon himself. He was in Zimbabwe. So it automatically makes Zimbabwe a reggae nation. Ever since, reggae music has been part of our playlist from those days till today. So when you look at it and they say there's so many bad things about Zim Danso, it's the perception. Now, with Zim Danso, it's largely inspired by Jamaica. And there is no doubt about it. And we are happy about it because we see how Jamaica Danso and Reggae has contributed to the GDP. It's become a big factor when it comes to tourism through music. And we are happy to be associated with that. You, you understand? So right. We gon' fight, we gon' fight, we love to fight, we gon' fight, we gonna fight, we gon' fight, fight, fight for our eyes. Hey, I did my shit in a uh, Zimbabwe. Oh, they trade it, go they in a uh, Zimbabwe. Africans are liberated, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. I and I are liberated, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. And from a producer's perspective, his juices take. This discussion about genres and originality and authenticity. For me, one lesson I've learned, especially in music now, is it's very difficult for you to say original to any type of music. Music is an ecosystem that is consistently evolving, that's affected by all participants. So if you look at reggaeton, for example, which is the South American version of dancehall, if you want to put it, it's got the same situation for Zim Dancehall, as in a grouping of people within a specific geographical location enjoyed the music that came from Jamaica and then gave their own interpretation of it. And that's exactly what's happened with Zim Dancehall. So in terms of the sound for me, I do believe that where we are at today, we definitely have got now a sound that is unique to Zimbabwe. The thing that we're talking about is much deeper than what it seems. Because when we're talking about music, it all plays a different role. And the kind of responsibility that people try to place on these different things is unfair to begin with. When we're now talking about Zim Danso, let's look at themes, right? What are they singing about? What are they talking about? Zim Danso music for the past 10 years has 
carried people through some of the deepest and darkest times in Zimbabwean history. It has carried people through a constitutional amendment process, at least two elections, one coup. The youth in that area see a person and they see hope. I don't know what tradition people think they're talking about. Culture is about values. What are we talking about? So when people talk about tradition, who is responsible for carrying on that tradition? Beyond the what tradition are you talking about, right? Kandoro with a fiery response. Sniper Storm had this to add. You know, we criticize ourselves a lot. And I think we have a very big identity crisis. And we do not have pride in our own. The things that we celebrate in this country are borrowed from elsewhere. Like, I'm a dancehall artist and dancehall is originally Jamaican. You see now, that's how the genre came about. Because of that, there is always someone pulling you down when you do whatever you do. Why we can't be like South Africa, which wakes up one day and says, nah, we're going to flip the sound like this. I'm a piano. And everyone just rallies behind that and pushes it forward. And it's now going international. Okay, that was Livon by Munyarus. Well, whichever side of the debate you're on, it seems that for now, Zim Dancehall remains the firm favorite at home, but how is it doing in the international market? Honestly, aside from Zimbabweans who live abroad, so far Zim Dancehall has struggled to attract international audiences. Here's Templeman. Telling you Zim Dancehall, the quality rose, but it rose to what I can say maybe 70%. Then it's never moved from there. Because now what was being attributed to that now is the money for the studio equipment. Because most of these studios use a software called Fruit Loops, which is good, but it's more for beginners. So what you then have is your studios using an outdated version. If you play Mariah Kelly right now and you play Jay-Z right now, then you play a production from Zimbabwe, you automatically pick up the difference on the sound quality. So this is one element that has let us down in terms of our growth into the regional market, into the international market. Number two, we can't afford quality videos to be played on the DSTV platforms that are available in their country. That's your MTV, that's your channel O, because you're talking of high-budget videos. And when you come back to Zimbabwe, an artist can only afford maybe a video that will cost him $500. And you are in a competition with a video from the video. That's got a budget of $40,000, $30,000. So automatically you are disadvantaged because the record levels that you have in here 
at the record levels that I just woke up in the morning and I said, okay, I want to register my record level. But my account has got no money. All I have is an idea. The established record levels that you see in South Africa, that you see in Nigeria, do not exist in Zimbabwe. On the point of competitiveness, I spoke to Tendai Maraire. You may know him from the hip-hop duo Shabazz Palaces from Seattle or from the Africa-centered hip-hop project Chimurenga Renaissance. And I think Zim Dancehall is dope, but what we have to understand because of what it's called and what it's grabbing its roots from is not indigenous to our country, which is cool. It's a good sharing thing, but we don't have a country with enough power population-wise and technology-wise. We're not fairly advanced enough to have the conversation to take a genre like that and blow it up. So it ends up being something that's just to us where people don't really get to see the great talent of people because the reality is when you are a subculture of a subculture, you have to recognize it will put you in the box and you can never get past that other point. So now we're losing the competition because we're not giving ourselves the amount of ample opportunities to even get somebody to play you the next song because we're too busy listening to coffee or somebody coming from Jamaica or somebody doing reggae talk. By the time we get to Zim Dance Hall, we're just like, man, I done heard like 15 songs. I don't want to hear them again. And so when I listen to the music, it's not that they're not talented. It's that it's up against too much. But music producer Oskid sees it differently. Yeah, I'm already seeing some changes. The guys guys these days are putting out a sound that we can now export to the international market. Unlike before when they used to only sing in their vernacular language, right now we have artists who are singing such that those who are outside there can also understand what they are singing about. Because we can't say we've exported the sound if it's only Zimbabweans, for example in the UK, who listen to the music. So then there is nothing that we've exported because we are the same people. Unless we manage to make our music reach Canadians, Ghanaians, and they're able to understand and enjoy it. He's mainly talking about the younger crop of talent who are coming up. The likes of Poptain and Natio, who prefer to mix English, Shona and Patois. Well, let's check out what Oskid is talking about. Here is Anita Jackson and Pop 10 with Fire. Bullet from the gun, the bullet from the gun 
the charts. Kunanga nisa like we playing mad darts. Ready for your sprint, you feel on your max. So slow, go slow, you're dead in one blow. Coco, coco, like this cause I throw. Depan, one and no pre, no draw. Baghdad, dictionary, what I can't from uptown action of a word like kung fu my hoots name a butu take over the world with a big tune this young one is a big tune the bever slice and a kung fu my hoots name a butu take over the world it's a big tune this young one is a big tune it's a big tune this young one is a big tune my washi giri yoko giri what you getting So make it cold, I'm on food, I'm a washigiri Spicy, spicy, then the peri-peri Uka size are your gun, cemetery Big, big tuna drop on them Anywhere we go, we still a kick van them Jam master upon them Africa, Jenna, Jenna in a Zimbabwe Night and murder Giving you something you never heard Rowan Goma in a any word I got plenty girl in a mirada Dog a call me the same debut album Mustard Seed. Whew, it's been quite a journey for Zim Dance Hall. It has, and I'm sure that whatever comes next for this genre, there'll be plenty to talk about. But as for today, we've come to the end of the program. So thanks again for having me back, and I hope you enjoyed the Zim Dancehall story with me, DJ Kicks. Playing us out is another nutty old track, Ndipere Power. Thanks for listening. Asante sana. Siya bonga. 
And until next time, Sareja Kanaka. Keep well. Well, thank you, DJ Kicks, for your help with this program, as well as to Tendai Wasira for the dub translation. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Visit afropop.org for music video playlists of the artists we feature today. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by DJ Kicks. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. Oh, by the way, friends, this is big news. This fall, Afropop Worldwide will begin its 35th year on public radio. Can you believe it? Well, we're planning a big celebration, but we need your help. So get out your cell phone and film yourself telling us a favorite Afropop memory, a program, a concert, a romance, whatever you like. Short and sweet, no more than 15 seconds. Send your video to info at afropop.org and post it on your social media with the hashtag Afropop35. Afropop 35, got it? Okay, can't wait to hear from you. And don't forget to join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Zubin Hansler. Additional engineering by GC at the Syncopated Lair in Washington, D.C. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwai Wabei Siolwe, and I'm Georges Collinet. Dengue ni chingo wa baya baya Nini wana